Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. All right, everybody, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master, Corey Johnson, Pepsi Cola. PepsiCo. Yeah. Have you checked it out? There was a time. There was a time. Once upon a time. Hey, the stock was down 1.8%, now just down about half a percent. Company out with its uh, latest quarterly report, and it's apparently kind of going back to uh, a well-known playbook, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in terms of strategy. But first, let's the latest in business news headlines with Charlie Pellet. And I thank you very much, Corey. Thank you, Carol. PepsiCo shares down now by five-tenths of one percent, one thirteen seventy-six. More on PepsiCo, of course, coming up now. The numbers at the close of floor trading on the NYMEX brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit USCFinvestments.com. That is USCFinvestments.com. West Texas Intermediate crude up 1.6% to $45.14 a barrel. Stocks trading mixed with the S&P lower by a point right now at 24.26. Little change, down about one-tenth of one percent. The Dow up 21 points, a gain of one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ up 13, a gain there of two-tenths of one percent. The tenure up 3.30 seconds, yield 2.36 percent. And gold up 2.40 the ounce to 12.15. That's a gain of two-tenths of one percent. Wall Street is looking ahead to a number of bank earnings Friday, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Morgan Chase. Julian Emanuel is executive director for U.S. equity and derivative strategy at UBS. It's a big day for the markets because basically if you look at it, um, with the exception of the quiet in the markets, which every bank executive is going to complain about trading volumes because it has been quieter than normal, Everything else seems to have been going right. Uh, obviously, the yield curve has been helpful. And among those bank stocks, J.P. Morgan Chase down now by six-tenths of 1%. Again, recapping equities mixed, S&P down a point now, a drop there of one-tenth of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. It's the Pepsi Generation. Yep, we dusted that off from the archives. Uh, PepsiCo, they are trading shares, that is, trading a little bit lower following the company's latest quarterly earnings release. This as the company's turning to a well-worn playbook to fuel growth. Let's find out what the company is up to. Jenny Kaplan, Bloomberg News beverage, tobacco, and cannabis reporter, in early this morning to break down those PepsiCo earnings. Um, what's going on at the company? Investors seem like, eh, not impressed. They, they're kind of can't figure out what they think. It's up a little, it's down a little, but what PepsiCo is doing is they're really focusing on increasing prices for their products and moving towards more premium products, uh, and cutting costs. They've been doing productivity initiatives for several years now. Their goal is, um, you know, over a billion a year in savings and they're on track to do that again, but it's really a matter of combining those two things, charging more and also paying less <laughs> cutting costs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, this, this has been a long-term effort here from a company that maybe you know, certainly at least in recent months hasn't performed well. The stock's been down a little bit. But uh, when we look kind of overall, we look at sort of top-line growth with this business, it's, there really hasn't been any going back many years. Well, PepsiCo is benefits from the fact that they have both their beverage company, their beverage 
business and also their snacks business. And actually, Frito-Lay has done wonders for the company. It continues to be a driver of revenue growth. They actually posted results that grew um, this quarter. So it, it's really a matter of just trying to figure out how to keep that going as consumers are looking for different kinds of products. People just aren't drinking soda and chips, and they're not eating chips the way that they once were. And the strategy had always been among PepsiCo and Coca-Cola is that, hey, okay, so maybe as developed markets, the U.S. market in particular, kind of uh, dials back on soda and chips and the, and the like, you know, we got the emerging markets, so we're going to tap into them. And that has been a growth area. But those emerging markets are also kind Kind of starting to say, wait a minute, we need to eat and drink healthy too. There are certainly macroeconomic challenges that all of these major companies are facing. Pepsi did cite Mexico and Russia as two sources of growth this quarter. Okay. So I think that they're still looking at that playbook, but it's really just a matter of figuring out how to keep the bulk of the business, which is these mainstream products, these core products like Frito-Lay, uh, you know, Doritos. Can you make organic Fritos? I have to admit, Corey, I said this to Jenny. I'm like, yeah, Fritos. I do like them. I don't eat them a lot. But You're I not mean- alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, can you make that organic to, you know, or whatever to kind of meet the wishes of uh, consumers or the growing wishes of consumers? PepsiCo has pledged that they're going to, they've really been focusing on making their portfolio healthier. And they said today on the call, uh, Chief Executive Officer Indra Nui said that 45% of sales now comes from um, what they call guilt-free products, which are supposed to have some of those, um, you know, according to them, healthier ingredients for you. Like so, hummus? Like hummus, like, um, you know, things with whole grains, um, sodas that have fewer than 70 calories per um, per serving and um, foods that have less saturated fat and salt. Well, and, and to that, I mean, you know, Carol's point, I mean, it, it's designed to taste good to people who might not even like the ingredients in it because it's designed to taste good regardless of the health impact. I mean, are there things that are working for PepsiCo right now? There are. There certainly are. They are really focusing on these more premium products, and people are buying them. It's it's growing that segment of the snack uh, business and the beverage business is growing faster than those broader mainstream products, and they're really focusing on getting into those, uh, into that group. So they have a new bottled water called Life Water that they cited has been doing really well, and they have some new kinds of chips. They're called um, Poppables that are sort of like a crisp, um, sort of like a bugle, uh, and they have these overnight Quaker overnight oats. I mean, they really are talking about. Um, I have bought Life Water. Yeah. I have to tell you, okay, I'm a sucker sometimes for, for, for packaging, but they have these really neat bottles. There's different types of kind of art on them. Um, and it's supposed to be, you know, pH balance and electrolytes. So it's kind of that smart water thing. Um, it's smart. I don't think PepsiCo. I just think this is kind of cool. Well, and Smart Water's Coke. So right. those brands, I mean, bottled water surpassed soft, the cocoa, I mean, excuse me, surpassed sodas last year for per capita consumption in the U.S. So water's really a growth engine for all of these big beverage companies. I'm just thinking that multigrain organic Frito is not going to be as good. What do you think, Corey Johnson? Jenny's, yeah, no. Jenny's shaking it. <laughs> the whole point of the Frito is it's made out of all this junk that's most of me. You know, it's, it's, it's meant to be uh, 
corn starch filled and sugar filled and all that. It's interesting their website though. It's like top global brands, good for you, better for you, fun for you. Well, for practically a decade now, Indra Nui has focused on performance with purpose. Yeah. Uh, and really what she says, you know, trying to move this portfolio into a uh, healthier place. They talk about, you know, for people, products, and planet. It's very, very cool. Hey, listen, thank you so much. Jenny Kaplan. Revenue growth would be cool, too. She, maybe she could focus on that. <laughs> Jenny Kaplan, beverage, Five tobacco, years. and cannabis reporter at Bloomberg News right here on Bloomberg Radio. Let's get to Nathan Hager. He's much nicer than me. He's in our <laughs> studios in Washington, D.C., but Nathan, the bar is low. You're just bringing back memories of uh, road trip food for me. Corn chips and bean dip. That was the thing back then. Anyway, thanks, Corey. In the wake of a New York Times report, President Trump's eldest son, Donald Trump Jr., has released his email exchange with a British music publicist who encouraged him to meet with a Russian lawyer during the campaign. The emails appear to confirm Trump Jr. expected to hear damaging information about Hillary Clinton as part of a Russian government effort to help his father's campaign. House Freedom Caucus member Dave Bratt of Virginia tells Bloomberg Television he's going to wait for more information to come out. This has been going on, I think, since last August now, right? The Obama kind of first blast into this Russian piece. And so we've had a full year. None of the prior stories have stuck. And so they always, they come up in the morning, they catch us flat-footed. We don't have the facts to be able to process these in an integrated way. Other Republicans, including Senate Majority Whip John Cornyn, say Trump Jr. should testify now before the Senate Intelligence Committee. White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders just read a statement from President Trump in which he praises his son's transparency and calls him a high-quality person. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's canceling the first two weeks of next month's August recess, not, he says, because of health care. We've got defense authorization. We've got the debt ceiling. We've got the FDA user fee and other important legislation that we need to address. And we simply, as a result of all this obstructionism, don't have enough time uh, to address all of these issues. McConnell says he still expects to release a revised health care bill Thursday. This is Bloomberg.